0: This podcast is produced by Visionary Studios. Hey everyone, I'm Mitchell Rail and I'm Wade Clausen. and welcome back. To Let's unpack that. Today we are joined by Justin Barish. Justin, welcome to the Pod. How are you? Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm good. How are you? Doing so great. It's so amazing to have you here. So, people may have seen you here and there on their TikTok for you page, maybe with the DoorDash ads. Not the DoorDash ads. (laughs) They (laughs) haunt me. I'm not kidding. Like, it's you with the DoorDash and then it's Noah with the BetterHelp ads. Like, I cannot escape. (laughs) Like, every single podcast guest is in their bag getting Mm. that corporate coin, but it's haunting me. It
1: haunts my for you page. You know, I am so sorry. And it's funny because, like, people will be in my chats, like, hey, how do I sign up for DoorDash? And I'm like, I actually have no idea because I don't actually DoorDash. I just say I do to get you to sign up, but I don't actually know how to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But Justin, do you want to give everyone a little bit of a background on who you are and where you're from?
1: Yeah, for sure. Originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, now here in sunny Los Angeles. I'm a part-time content creator and a full-time creative producer. So my life revolves around content and engagement and it never ends. I'm just in a constant spiral, honestly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's so much like go, go, go. Mm. Like You always got to stay on top of it with the trends. And I can imagine like juggling both a full-time job and a part-time job Mm -hmm. in the social media world is a lot. And We can dive into that a little bit later. Going back to Pennsylvania, Justin, do you wanna tell everyone a little bit about what it was like growing up there?
1: I say Philly, but I'm not technically from Philly. I'm from um, a small town called Kennett Square, Pennsylvania. It's a mile by a mile wide, cause it's a square. I'm pretty sure there's one other gay kid in my grade and now he's my roommate here in LA. So it was a very small town. Everyone knows everyone. Growing up, I never really identified with being gay at the time, just because I was like, no, That can't be me, even though I was fully watching gay porn, hooking up with guys. But I'm like, I'm not gay. No, 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 no. I'm going to get married and have kids and a wife. And I don't know, growing up in a small town, I just feel like your views are kind of skewed. Like you don't really know like what else is out there. So I felt like everyone was kind of like living this closeted life. So I'm like, no one else is gay until, you know, I like went to college and now I'm here. I am in LA, like still learning about like gay culture and all of that. So small beginnings to big endings. I think there's a lot of that here in
0: in Mm -hmm. southeastern Wisconsin as well, where Milwaukee and Madison, where we each live, is like the only places that anyone wants to live in this state because anywhere in the middle is like, (laughs) get me out of here. Like, let me run. (laughs) It's terrifying. Like during election cycles, and it's just like, Trump sign, Trump sign, Trump sign. Like, (laughs) let me run
1: away. Oh, yeah. I live on the border of Amish County. So it's like I drive five (laughs) minutes to the left and there's like horse and buggies and people like shooting guns and being like Trump forever. And I'm like, where am I? (laughs) Where am I?
0: Like, like, get me out. After graduating high school, you went to college in Alabama, correct?
1: Yes, and why the fuck did I do that? (laughs) Especially if you wanted to escape that Trump-hood. Definitely a great place to choose. Am I a Trump supporter? Who knows? Like, why did I go to Alabama? Still to this day, I'm like, what was wrong with me? Like, what was I trying to prove? My parents went to Penn State, so big school energy was all I knew. I, like, wanted to be in Greek life. I wanted to be in a fraternity fraternity and be like, I don't know, straight, whatever. (laughs) But yeah, um, I went to Alabama and, you know, all the rumors are true. They still live... In this world where white supremacy rules and racism is real and people are homophobic and it's kind of scary. Even on um, a college campus where like things are more like to the left, there are still those people who think gay people should not have rights and we shouldn't exist on this planet, which is kind of scary. So I'm definitely still traumatized from like the whole experience because I did Russia fraternity. I know. I know. I'm shocked too. Was in it for about a whole six months, was hazed. The hell out of literally beaten, tased, traumatized. Quit that because I'm like, these are not my real friends. And also paying four grand for a fraternity is just like, that's insane. That's like, that was paying more for that than my tuition. So I was like, let's not do this. Yeah. But yeah, went to school in Alabama, which at the end of the day, I appreciate the whole experience. I don't know, I learned something, right? I yeah. got to see how like the South lived, but now I'm like, I will never, ever, ever go back there ever again.
0: It's so interesting. Cause I mean, for one, were you out at the
1: time? When you were doing rushing and stuff? No. So I didn't come out until 2018. So I think that was like my junior year of college. So like freshman, sophomore year, I was very, very, very closeted. And it's funny, even when I was in the fraternity, I was like hooking up with like my fraternity brothers. I was hooking up with like other kids and fraternities, like sneaking into their houses. Like it was very like hush hush and so weird, but no one would talk about it. So it's like, was I gay? Because these people are straight. So am I straight? does everyone just do this like low key? So it was very confusing at the time. And it took like a while for me to be like, oh, no, I am actually gay. And like, I don't want to keep doing this low key. Like I want to be out and proud. But being out and proud down south is very, very, very difficult, especially when me um, as a person, I care a lot what other people think. So I'm like, I don't want to like put my life out there because I don't want people to make false accusations about me or even, I don't know, like want to come and like hurt me. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's really an interesting, like cultural component. That's probably unique to the South and those bigger universities. If you like want to talk about it further for a second, I think, especially when it comes to that hazing process Mm -hmm. and the fact that that's just normal. And I think it's something that is being addressed a little bit more to a degree, but the fact that people can just do that like you can be beaten and tased Tased. and it's just like no big deal like that's normal like why has that been normalized within our culture Mm -hmm. was anyone else like concerned about that as you were going through it or was everyone
1: else like oh whatever like this is just the tradition it's like kind of insane to me because in a normal person's mind like when someone wants to hurt you and someone is like mean to you you don't want to be their friend so i'm like is this brotherly you want to hurt me and then a month later, you're like, yo, brother, yeah, love you, bud. And I'm like, wait a second, you were just like tasing me a second ago, and now you want to be my friend? I'm like very confused, which is why after the hazing process finished, I'm like, I hate all of these people. Why do the straight people like this? Like, it's so confusing. I'm like, now these are your friends? I was traumatized by it. So I'm like, I got to get out of here. But everyone else was kind of just like, okay with it which I still don't understand to this day. Like, yes, I guess it builds bonds, like trauma bonds, but it's not for, it's like, like everyone has, like, a traumatic bond. Like, I feel like when you work in, like, a toxic environment, like, you build relationships with your friends who you work with. This fraternity is just something different. Like, I did not want to be friends with any of these people.
0: Yeah, I almost wonder, Justin, like, you even just bringing up that toxic work environment, like, how you can build bonds with people through that. I almost wonder if in the straight people world, if they're so conditioned to, you have to work hard to get to the top and you have Mm. to, you have to do this shitty work to like get to the C-suite. I almost wonder if the hazing process is almost like a mini version of that, where it's like, you have to go through this hazing to be accepted. Mm-hmm. by the brothers and like you have to go through that to belong into the group it's almost yeah. a similar structure to how like corporate america works to a degree or, or or how it has worked in the past
1: no literally i think like everyone's just butthurt that they had to go through it so they're like i had to go through it so you're gonna have to go through it so it's just this like chain reaction that never ends yeah who's gonna stop it who's gonna stop it I think it'll continue for a long, 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 long time because straight people are petty. I mean, actually everyone's petty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and a lot of colleges don't do like they say no, no hazing, but it it goes on behind the scenes.
1: Right. Like colleges love to be like, no, there's no hazing here. Like they like turn a blind eye to it, but it's going down. It will always go down. Because like, um Alabama has a no hazing policy. But you know. Every fraternity, every sports team, every club even is hazing their members I feel like it transcends like I'm even into like gay culture like when you like join that new group I feel like they bully you to see if you can make it through that to like get into like the inside circle right or maybe that's just my experience
0: no I think that's definitely true to a degree or you have to like hook up with someone or like there's just some sort of Mm -hmm. like messiness for sure before we move on from frat life I think that's interesting that you bring up how everyone's like hooking up but it's not spoken about like are these people bi like are they
1: straight are they down low yeah like very interesting about how does that work it's so weird because again it's like never spoken about it's you come you hook up you leave like it's never like let's talk about your feelings once the deed is done it's okay how do we sneak you out of here very much like that and it's never never ever talked about ever again and some of these guys had like girlfriends too their girlfriend would leave and then i would trot on over like i would literally watch the girlfriend get into her car leave and i'd be like okay is it time for me to come over like (laughs) that's like it's insane like But I don't feel like a bad person because I'm like, wait, they're doing it too. Hmm. So I'm like, am I the mistress? Maybe. Or is she the mistress? (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, not the tea. But um, yeah, these guys definitely didn't think about it. They were like, this is just, I'm still going to get married to a girl. Like this was just like, I don't know. I don't even know like what it was for them. They were just horny maybe, but... Yeah, they're not talking about it. They're not talking about their feelings. They're keeping it all bottled up. And honestly, I feel kind of bad for them. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. That they're
1: not gonna like live their truth in the long run. But hey, it's not my life.
0: So, were you creating TikToks while you were in college, or did that start later on?
1: Was TikTok around in college? Maybe maybe, it was maybe maybe musically. Maybe it was musically. I think they (laughs) rebranded in like 2019, right? Yeah, because I was not on there doing all that. (laughs) I was doing absolutely none of that. I was like, ew. I remember when TikTok first came out, I hated it. I would not download it. I'm like, you will not catch me on that app. That app is stupid. I'm like a in-person kind of guy. And then I downloaded it, I think right before quarantine, I like caved in and I'm like, Ooh, this is fun. But I didn't make any TikToks. Seriously. I think my first TikTok is like, doing the renegade which is so (laughs) embarrassing i was like if charlie Amelia can do it so can i i just kind of posted like for shits and gigs not to like do anything else
0: i may or may not have been stalking you last night on tiktok just like you know do my research ahead of time and there was some gems in there there was like one where like your hair transformations and like
1: Uh just like (laughs) no it's bad it's so cringy there's like one where, like, I use a green screen and I'm, like, pretending to be trapped in a basement. Like, Saul captured me and, like, it's so cringy.
0: So, speaking of stalking you, I was, like, scrolling through and I'm, like, it looks like when Justin moved to L.A., like, one, you started posting more and you really started to gain some traction with your content. Following graduation, did you move to LA right away? Or what was that process of college to LA pipeline? Like how'd that all go down?
1: It was kind of weird because COVID kind of struck before I graduated. I graduated in 2020. So we went home for spring break and never went back to school. Didn't get a job for like six months after that, then started working this shit job, but saved up a ton. And then randomly one day in July, I was like what am I doing? Why am I like working in sales, living in my house? Like what is going on? Like I need to, like, what do I want to do? I know I want to be in a big city. I know I want to work in like marketing um, and advertising. So like, what city is that? LA. Done. In two weeks, packed up all my stuff, got in my car, drove out to California. No job, no friends, except one. Just chilling. I literally didn't have a job for like the first four months. And then finally something struck and thank God it did because I was in a never ending spiral. I'm like, what did I just do? My life is over. I'm going to waste all my money. It's over for me. But then stuff finally started to roll around and I didn't move to LA to like become a creator. Like that wasn't the plan for me. Like that was not like the end game goal. Like I didn't want to move to LA to like start posting on TikTok. I just kind of like started posting on TikTok because it's like a creative outlet and I saw like everyone else like kind of did it. So I'm like, I'll do it too. Why not? But yeah, that's kind of my journey to LA like no like no real plans just kind of vibing we love chilling and having a
0: moment I would love to dive a little bit more into kind of your initial entry into the gay Mm -hmm. community in LA what was that like like where did you live when you moved to LA how did you start making friends how did you start going out like take us through that well
1: I was very fortunate that um I had one friend out here who lived out here for about a year before I came he already kind of like established his spot in the community so he's like come with me I'll take you all the things which was great to have a friend like do that it's one thing to have like a friend kind of help you into it but then it's another thing to lead your way yourself which I feel like someone can only help you so much and I made a lot of mistakes messy errors I was trying to be someone I wasn't to fit in with everyone else I was meeting which I think as queer people we tend to do that because we want to have a sense of belonging in a group. Cause I feel like growing up, we've never had that. I was trying so, 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 so hard. I'm like, um, how do I talk? I'm um, how do I act? Okay. I don't have a ton of followers. Like how do I like make up for that? Because I feel like everyone in LA is famous. I'm nobody. So I'm like, what can I do to make up for that? It was like tough, 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 especially surrounded by so many like good looking people. I just felt like very, very low. Like my confidence was at, an all-time low, but I'm like, you know what, these are my friends, like, these are my people. And I feel like we mistake friends for just convenience. Like, these people were convenient to surround myself with, but they weren't really my friends. And I think that took, like, a while to realize. And I think that's very relevant in, like, the gay culture.
0: What specifically did you find yourself changing about yourself to fit in with those people.
1: I felt myself having to drink more, having to go out more, having to party more, having to always be in the scene, always having to know what's like going on in culture, very niche stuff. So like I would go home and like research, like what these people were talking about because I had absolutely no idea. Like I don't keep up with influencer culture or like celebrity stuff, but everyone out here did. So I'm like, okay, I need to like step up my game if I want to even be talking to these people. So I mean, I would go out every single day, drink every single night, do some drugs occasionally because that's what everyone was doing. So I'm like, I felt very influenced to do those things, even though that wasn't who I was. And it got to a point where I'm like, my mental health is more important than fitting in with any of these people. So I'm like, let's just skedaddle. I feel
0: like in LA, tell me if I'm wrong, there's more of a image that you have to put On a mask or make yourself a person that you're not to fit into a group of individuals do you think that is true
1: for sure like i feel like everyone puts on this front that they're so confident and so like this is who i am i have my shit together and meanwhile i think we're all just in a spiral and we're all just faking it till we make it right
0: yeah i think it's so interesting to see people online that they try to put off this like perfect life and like they have this perfect life, perfect boyfriend, perfect relationship, perfect XYZ. Mm-hmm. When in reality, like they are not living the perfect life. No. And I'm sure that you high witnessed that these people that you maybe recognized from your For You page, seeing them in real life and they're yeah. just like horrible human beings.
1: Let me tell you this. And this is a fact. Everything that you see on social media is not real. 99.9% of the time, everything's a bit. These people are actors. They portray this perfect life this perfect oh I have a perfect boyfriend I have a perfect girlfriend and you meet them in person you're so excited I've had many encounters with people who've I've followed for years and I'm like oh my god they're so cool they live such a cool life turn out to be the shittiest people boring and also just not very kind and genuine and also the relationship is fake they don't love each other. It's all a facade. It's not real. And I feel like once people start to like realize that, I wonder where like social media were like head after that.
0: Yeah. People don't realize like as a follower of influencers, like you're Mm. building this fake relationship with them where you feel so close to them, but you're close to like this really believable reality show. Mm -hmm. Like it's not real. It's so fake. No. They're paid to do this. Yeah.
1: I mean, I even play into the bit. Like I have um, a segment on my TikTok called Day in the Life of Someone Who Dates an Influencer because I do. And if you watch those, they're very dramatic and very like, my boyfriend's not actually making me do any of that stuff. But it's like, some people are like, your boyfriend sucks. You have to break up with him, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Guys, it's a joke. Like none of this is real. I think it's just funny.
0: No, I mean Justin. Part of the reason, like, I initially wanted to ask you to be on the podcast. Your content is so authentic. Specifically, your TikToks that you make, where you go to these like, influencer events and you call them like your non-influencer friends or NIFs, and I have never seen anybody. My make- niffs. Yes, we love a good um, but We love a niff. <laughs> but for really, there's no one else who I've really seen make content like successfully like that, and there's no one that's been able to replicate it like authentically to the level that you do. As you said, like with that content that you make with Lewis, where it's very joking and yeah. like the way that you guys comment back and forth each, with each other, and like he'll do edit. Yeah. it's a very smart strategy. Like, yes, obviously social yeah. is stra- is strategic to a degree, but I think like what you're doing is very well done. So like, kudos to you for that.
1: Thank you so much. I mean. Ugh. Come on. I'm just so funny. So talented. You can keep it coming. No, um, but for real though, um, honestly, it was such a big insecurity of mine to like be at these events. Like I felt like, one, what am I doing there? I'm like, where am I? I don't belong here. Like, and I felt like everyone knew that I didn't belong. So I felt very insecure to be around these people with like millions of billions of followers. And then there's me and I'm like, hi, I work at a creative agency. I have a full-time job. And they're like, ew. And I'm like, oh God, yeah, no, like, you're right. Like, like I should leave. Like, let me get out of here. I was super insecure and I almost felt like I didn't matter. Like a lot of the time, like I was not important. How do I cope with this? Like, let's make it a joke. Like, let's make it super funny. And like, let's kind of expose like the influencer world because a lot of it is like super toxic like that. And these um, influencers are so detached from reality and society like someone looked me in the eye and said you know I'm on my way uh to Paris Fashion Week but I just like don't want to go I'm just like super tired because I just got back from like New York Fashion Week and like you know what it's just like really exhausted like having brands like pay for you and like um escort you around and I'm like bitch I literally just worked 60 hours getting like tormented by my bosses and you're not going to Paris Fashion Week because you're tired. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. It's the entitlement and the privilege for me. Like BFFR, like be fucking for real. Like be grateful that your ass gets to even go to Paris Mm -hmm. Fashion Week.
0: Like what? These people are so out of touch. They try to be so for real on their, in their content, but you're the opposite of for real. You're the most fake person Mm -hmm. ever.
1: Right. Like it just gets to a point where it's like, it's not relatable anymore. Everyone starts off like super relatable and that's why we kind of like fall in love with them but then to a point you're literally getting everything kind of like handed to you creator life like they work hard they do it's definitely a different lifestyle but like you can't complain about every opportunity you get that someone else might not have the chance to ever experience for this person to like look at me and say that after I literally just said like my week's been so hard I like work I don't know I just live like a very like generic life and she's like yeah that's great yeah me too like me as well wait this is like not the same like that's not what I was just talking about a second ago you
0: it's like she's trying to relate to you for working a a job
1: right I could have been like yeah like I work at a drive-thru and talk about and she's like yeah like one One time I picked up a taco at Taco Bell and then took my private jet to Paris. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same.
0: So true. Well, to go back talk about this topic a little bit further is, as you mentioned, you are dating an influencer. And to be for real on my end, I had like seen his face maybe once, but like no clue who this man was before. Like I had seen your content. Like I don't think that me and Wade are in his target demographic. Well,
1: to be honest... Me neither, I had no idea who that kid was when I first met him. Who is this
0: man? (laughs) Give us an overview on who he is. Like, what type of content does he make? What is his niche?
1: Wait, who is it again? (laughs) Um, I'm like, who is that? Louis Levante, um, he started on TikTok. Like, back in quarantine, doing, like, celebrity content, and I think he was, like, one of the first creators to, like, pick up on that, like, niche, like, reporting on, like, celebrities and doing, like, uh celebrity news, so he kind of, like, blew up that way and moved out to LA roughly around the same time that I did, so yeah, he gained like up to 2.1 million followers, which is like such a crazy number. Like that's a shit ton of people watching you. Very like celebrity news, what's happening in the world.
0: Okay, gotcha. We love a little pop news, a little entertainment news moment. We love it, especially because
1: I'm like, I don't know what's happening in our culture.
0: So he's in having a TikTok moment in the celebrity world. You are blissfully unaware of the happenings in the entertainment industry. How do these paths cross? Because I think people would not think mm-hmm. that you two would be on the same trajectory. You know, like people would not see those no. those paths crossing. How did that happen?
1: not at all he's like on his high and i'm just like a dirty rat rummaging in the street it happens at this place called Rocco's in weho it's a gay bar for those of you who aren't familiar honestly i'm so embarrassed by even saying this but um we met there and i was just like you're cool let's hang had no idea about his tiktok following who was this guy and it didn't come up until like literally a month later he came up on my for you and i'm like oh my god it's lewis scroll over i'm like I'm like, oh my God, it's Louis. You have 2 million followers. I'm like, who is this guy? So I like run over to his house and I'm like, why didn't you bring this up? He's like, it's not something that like, I t- like, it's just like a hobby. Like, it's not something that's like runs my life, which I found like super interesting because normally like these influencers are all like, follow me. This is my life. Look at this picture. Can you like that? Can you follow me? Can you blah, blah, blah. And like, he very much like wasn't like that which i thought was so interesting to have such a huge platform and not it be like the first thing that you talk about to anyone that's kind of hot to be honest i was like wait am i kind of turned on right now (laughs) (laughs) so does
0: he do it full-time or does he have a job as well
1: um so he has a full-time job um he's a producer at paramount so sick okay he kind of lives this like hannah montana like corporate baddie but also tiktok baddie lifestyle that i think i'm also kind of transcending into as well. Like I work full time, but I'm also a creator on the side. So I think we're both trying to make these worlds mesh and meet and I don't know. It's like a
0: a cool like perfect almost stars aligning for both of you and i i would almost wonder you guys each having separate jobs outside of tiktok kind of helps you stay grounded a little bit to not drift to the i'm taking my private jet to
1: paris fashion week (laughs) yeah no i think either of us want to give up our full-time jobs because as we grow on these platforms we also want to grow professionally as well because this could all disappear like that and then what like, what do these full-time creators do after that? And when I first met him, it was something I was like really interested by. You are like my idol. Like you have a full-time job and also you have built this like almost personal brand for yourself. So I'm like, that's something that I definitely want to do for myself as well. So I was like inspired. We went from having very different lives to now kind of like having kind of like conjoined lives. So it's kind of awesome to have like someone who like supports you and kind of like wants like the same goals as you, like kind of um in your back corner. I
0: guess a question I have to kind of pivot a little bit is you guys do show your relationship online. And I remember when me and you did a prep call a few months ago, like I used the term TikTok relationship and you're like, what's that? (laughs) But for a lot of people, like they're used to seeing a YouTube couple or an Instagram couple or a TikTok relationship where for an extreme example, that's someone like a Chris and Ian, who they're showcasing their relationship online, and like you're seeing the ups and the downs of that. And we previously have done an episode on TikTok relationships with someone who was formerly in one. And one thing that he said in the episode that stuck with me is he talked about a trip that they went on to D.C., I believe. And during that time, they were like strategically making content and then like strategically posting it, and that dynamic really negatively impacted their relationship and became like this burden to their relationship. Do you ever find yourself having that strategic posting or how do you keep it from becoming a driving factor in your relationship?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For us, especially since I didn't become a creator until like recently, I'd say our content is very, very, very different. We both grew our platforms very separately and we just happened to be dating. It wasn't we didn't build this following because of our relationship. So like, personally, I don't feel like our content will ever, ever run it. I just think it so happens to be like, oh, do you want to post something together today? Great. Let's do that. And if one of us isn't in the mood, then we don't post. Like, it's as easy as that. Like, I think once social media kind of consumes the relationship, then it's done and over because now it's like a business. It's not even a relationship. And quite honestly, like, yeah, I guess we are a TikTok couple because we put ourselves out there. But at the end of the day, truly no one knows anything about our relationship except for the fact that we play like silly games together. But I'm not like Throwing out, like, I don't know, like what we did in the day. Well, I guess I kind of am. Actually, let me take that back. (laughs) I'm I'm like, wait a second, I do have that vlog, but like, that's just like one little element. Like, I don't feel like I'm constantly like posting about our like what we're up to or things that we're doing. Like, I just don't ever feel the need to do that, and I don't think I ever will. And it will never be a part of our relationship. The content, like, if you want to make content, perfect. If not, whatever it won't bother me but these couples who are constantly 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 posting that'd be exhausting and honestly I don't even think I'd want to be in that kind of relationship
0: yeah I mean have you ever like in the past as your platform has gotten bigger felt like the comments or the likes like having any impact on you and like if so like how did you kind of snap out of it to like kind of come to the realization like this is not that serious
1: I'd be lying if I said I didn't like spiral about like posting and being like, why did that not get views or why Like, what did I do wrong? But at the end of the day, it's a silly little app. Like, what are we spiraling over? Like, who cares? There was a point I think I hit 100K and I'm like, oh my God, this is for real. This is it. Oh my God. I'm, I'm doing something. But then I like got like too obsessed over it. I'm like, what the fuck? This is so embarrassing for myself. I'm like, ew, I'm having like secondhand embarrassment. I'm like, ew. Reality check, come back. It doesn't matter and we keep we keep moving forward. It's
0: so easy to get like caught up in like views, conversion and like all that shit. Like even like with this podcast, like if there's been episodes before. I'm like, "Oh my god, this one's going to be so big. The guest is so good." And like sometimes things just don't like connect or they don't resonate or they don't reach the audience, and that's okay. Like we're doing this for fun. Like it's just like a fun little time and like there is people that are benefiting from the content. Like even if it's 10 people or 1000 people or whatever, like it's fine. Like, I don't care where it ends up being because it still is like a meaningful conversation to be had.
1: Right, like once things stop being fun then, like, why are you even doing it? Yeah. If it's not fun, then what's the point? From people
0: that are listening to this who may just, like, they're normal people and they follow influencers on TikTok or Instagram, what is something that you would tell them about the world on the other side of the screen? From your point of view, what is something that maybe they don't know about the industry or don't realize about the world of the influencer?
1: Let me get up really close to this camera real fast because I need to talk to the audience. Um, these people... First of all, they don't really give a shit about you, honestly. They don't care. One. Two, they are putting on a facade that is attractive to the viewer. They are not like that in real person. This whole bubbly personality, it's not It's not in real life. They are all looking at their phones, staring at it. They don't want to have a real conversation with you. And I'm sure if you see them out in public, they will not want to talk to you. They are just normal, everyday people. And I think once people start to realize that... It's gonna go away real fast. But you can have your favorite creators and they can be your favorite creators. That's awesome. It's for entertainment purposes, but do not pour your heart and soul into these people because, like, it's just not worth it. Yeah,
0: so true.
1: I sound like an influencer hater, and that's not it. I love you guys. Love you. I think
0: you're being real because the influencer world is so glamorized. Mm-hmm. And it's just like any other industry. Like there's hierarchy, there's competition. And I think to act like that doesn't exist is silly. But lastly, Justin, just to kind of close up here, when you think back to the version of yourself that moved to LA, what advice would you give him?
1: That's deep, that's deep. Hold on, let me contact him one second. Okay, we're connected. I would tell him to literally just be yourself because that's the best version of you that you can be like don't try too hard don't try so hard to be someone that you're not and like you know deep down like who you are and things will work out for you because you're the way you are like there's no one else like you so why be someone else that's what I would tell him because I think it's very hard to get especially in this world where people are constantly shoving their personalities down your throat through social media like it's hard to figure out who exactly you are but deep down you know exactly who you are and just be that and then the rest will follow.
0: That's great advice, Justin. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Do you want to give everyone your socials so they can follow you on your journey?
1: You guys can follow me on my journey um, at Justin Barish, J-U-S-T-I-N-B-A-R-I-S-H. And thank you guys so much for having me. This was so much fun. I love your podcast, huge fans, and... Can't wait to maybe do it again sometime. Yes.
0: No, you're always welcome to come back, Justin. This has been so much fun. You guys can follow us on Instagram at Unpack THT and on TikTok at UnpackThatPod. That Pod. And we'll see you guys right back here every other Thursday. Bye, everyone.